welcome to Sister Sis. I'm Jamie. I'm Latoya. And I'm Calandra. And we have missed y'all so, so much. Thank you for tuning in. First of all, please subscribe to our channel at Sister Sis 1988, as well as follow us on all our social media platforms at Sister Sis 1988. Again, we have a phenomenal guest for our show, Beautiful Black Queen. Her name is Mrs. Marlisa, Marlisa Phillips. Ms. Phillips, I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself. Go ahead and let us know where you are from, where you're doing this interview at, and um, just touch a little bit, give a little bit of history about yourself and how things got started. Once you do that, we'll hop on into these questions. All right. Well, thank you. And again, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you all and to share with your audience. I am Marlissa Phillips, and I am in the lovely Peachtree City, um, Georgia. I am um, the mother of two, uh, I'm sorry, three. Ooh, I'm going to pay for that. Uh, <laughs> three adult daughters. Um, and I am a part of this spiritual journey that uh, I did not intend to be on or did not think I would be on. But I um, had to be obedient to God and what he was speaking to me. And God um, told me to journal my story, to write my story in the middle of it. So um, being an author, being a speaker um, was uh, not my passion, not what I was desiring to do. I have a day job, but what is important to me is to be obedient and um, believe that God um, is speaking to women like me um and that's that's where i'm that's why i'm here um to allow god to speak through my journey and to allow some level of healing and intimacy with him um through my story thank you so much that's beautiful 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 thing uh we definitely like to send encouragement through our viewers so i'll go ahead and i'll let miss toya start out our questions if you don't have anything else for us miss phillips all right. Can you share a pivotal moment or experience that marked the beginning of your spiritual journey? So um, I, I, I think uh, it's interesting to think about a, a pivotal moment when that um, change took place or that experience. And for me, it was actually realizing that I had reached um, kind of a full worst space in my life, a dead space in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I had um, pretty much lived life, um, a pretty ordinary life, but being put together, life was put together for me. And so to get to a space where things were unraveling and I was no longer in control, um, that was uh, unusual for me and um, didn't fit for me. And for me, my four worst time was um, related to my marriage. But what I learned through this journey that for worse is any dead space, dead space, dead place that you experience in life and what God showed me and what is um, what you will, um, if you read the book, what you will see throughout the book and even in this interview what is relevant day in and day out is that God is both present and powerful in dead spaces. So it started out 
being a full worse marital situation. God, where are you? And it ended up being there are dead spaces all over the place where God is saying, I need people to know that I'm here, that I am in this dead space, um, wherever it is, uh, whatever it is, and I am still powerful. It does not matter what you see. I am still powerful. So the pivotal moment and experience was for me to realize God is present and he is powerful in this space. I don't have to um, live in a dead space or in a for worse space. He is who he says he is. And so that was the um, moment or experience. It was a revelation to understand that. All right. It is. So how has your connection with God influenced your perspective on, and personal growth on restoration? So um, this has been huge for me because um, I think my story is a picture of just an ordinary life. Uh, nobody knows who I am. I'm just, I was just going through life, just going through life. And so what it allowed me to see is I don't have to have this mountaintop experience um, to know that God is with me. I don't have to be... Um, this um, eloquent speaker that's that's um, speaking all the time. I'm just someone that's trying to take a step every day, one step at a time. And mm -hmm. so what that allowed me to do was to say, I, Marlissa, somebody just like me, ordinary and flawed, can have a connection and intimacy with Jesus. I never knew that. I have been a Christian all my life. But to be able to say, God cares about me, I don't mm -hmm. have to, again, be famous. I don't have to be <laughs> anything but ordinary me. And God cares about me. And he wants to spend time with me and have intimacy um, with me. So that's the um, connection that I am able to have and uh, has allowed me to grow and be restored. That is awesome. So I want to make sure I get this right. So in your book, For Worse, Walking Gracefully Doing God's Restoration Forward, what key principles or, or insights do you discuss for navigating challenging times? So one of the um, most important things for me, and again, I have to go back to um kind of how I navigated life, how a lot of Black women navigate life. We do what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. um, we make it look easy because that's just what we do. Mm -hmm. And what I had to realize was I didn't have to do life alone. And in my being restored forward, um, God allowed me to see that it was okay to allow people to come alongside me to walk this journey with me. So in the book, I talk about uh, my fabulous four and what God did was orchestrated four women in my life to um, become a part of my journey and to walk with me. Mm -hmm. So I had to be vulnerable, had never done that before. I had to be transparent. I had never done that before. I had to be unput together. I had <laughs> never done that before. But what that allowed me to do was to say, God, I, I surrender. And so it was allowing, again, how I allowed God to orchestrate these people and for them to come alongside me 
And that was, it's, it's, it's for worse, but it talks about walking gracefully because mm -hmm. it's walking. It's step-by-step, day-by-day, and we don't get a badge of honor walking life alone. You don't, you don't get extra points for mm -hmm. trying to just do life on your own. And so for me, I had to learn um, that it was okay to um, allow people to walk with me. Now, when I say allow, it means that these are people that God literally orchestrated and directed to be a part of it. So it's it's not just this random, you know, tell everybody and let everybody in. That's mm -hmm. not what I'm talking about. But during my intimacy with God, literally, and I keep using the word orchestrated because he did, he put them in the places where they needed to be at the time I needed what mm -hmm. I needed from them. And it became a really a um, reciprocal relationship. I had no idea, nor did they have any idea that they needed something for me. So mm -hmm. while, you know, it was, yes, you're, um, you're coming alongside me in my journey and I had to be willing to allow that. But during that process, it was just blessing upon blessing, growth upon growth, iron sharpening iron, accountability, all of that. And again, I learned that I did not have to walk this journey alone. Hmm. Beautiful. Ooh, Miss Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> you are feeding us today. <laughs> All right. So the next question, how do you maintain intimacy with Jesus during both the highs and the lows of life? So um, I had to get to that point. And so what, what I would um, share with anyone, it is a journey. It is a daily process. And so even today, it's a daily, it, it, it doesn't stop. And so I had to learn that it's not these, um, um, you know, you get through one thing and that's it. Okay, God, I'm, I'm done. God says, no, I'm, I'm going to keep refining you day mm -hmm. in and day out. And so for me, I had to get to daily surrender. I thought I was living a surrendered life or fairly surrendered life. Mm -hmm. And what this journey taught me was mm, not quite, there was still work to be done. And so mm -hmm. the way I maintain intimacy daily is to understand that it is a daily surrender it is a step-by-step -step surrender. And what that allows me to do is to not be as moved by the highs and lows. And so for me, every day is a good day. And so I say in every morning as I surrender, God, what do we have today? What, what, do, you, what do you have for us today? And at the end of the day, I say, God, I hope that I experienced everything that you planned for me to experience today, that you transformed me like you planned for today. And so that's that's my prayer every day, but it is a daily walk. It is a step-by-step, moment-by-moment. And that's that's easy to say. And, and again, I was that person who thought, I'm already doing that. You know, I've been a Christian mm -hmm. all my life. I know what I'm doing. And God said, okay. And he said, no, let me show you some things. And I had to be um, teachable to allow him to do that. And thankfully, 
Um, I have gotten to where um, I understand that things have to happen in order for God to do something new in me. So I, although I didn't like this journey, I didn't want this journey, I would not have experienced God the way I have if these things had not happened the way they happened. All right, amen. So can you share a specific story from your journey that you know highlights the transformative power of God's restoration in your life? You have a short synopsis you can give us? <laughs> yes. Um, I think one of the, um, I guess, um, first was, again, understanding that I did not have to walk alone. But but next was understanding um, God's forgiveness and not carrying the weight of my marriage on my shoulders. And so the combination of those things that God has a um, process for forgiveness that that he has in place, and that's enough. And so there were um, times where I had to practice what God says for forgiveness. It's enough and it's complete. And people may want to continue to draw you um where, okay, we got to do this again. We got to do this again. And God is saying, whose voice are you going to listen to? Right. Mm. I said, this is what forgiveness mm. looks like. And you keep wanting to hear other voices. Whose voice are you going to listen to? And so mm. when I decided that I have to drown out every other voice to mm. hear what God's voice says about forgiveness, there was so much lifted from my shoulders. I mean, I I probably got eight inches taller because of <laughs> the weight that I was carrying. The God said, I didn't even tell you to carry that weight. You listening to other voices, listen to my voice. So that is, um, I guess, a kind of a summary of the story where the details are in the book, but um, just kind of led me to that. Okay, so my next question, Kana, is still going over basically what you've already spoke about, but I'm going to twist it up a little bit and ask you this. What role did, did the faith that you had, that you finally built yourself up to have, what role did you gracefully take throughout that process of, restora of restoration? Okay, faith is huge. And um, the role was significant. And that is something that, um, again, all of, all of us as, as believers have to um, deal with. So first for me was I could not live by what I, what I saw, what my, my eyes. Um, so I, that was the first thing was saying, regardless of what I see, God is who he says he is, and he will do what he says he will do. So mm -hmm. the, the faith, and for me, it was a challenge saying, okay, God, I know what your word says. Um, and, and I'm not at this point, not really talking about my situation. I'm just talking about dead spaces in general, because when we think about dead spaces, it's hard to think that there could be life when we see death. And mm -hmm. so we are seeing death, mm. but God says, mm, I'm the resurrected savior. So there is life. 
And so it is trusting that there is life even when we see death. So that's the first thing in terms of the role faith played. The second role that faith played is understanding that when you decide to really take God at his word, you're going to seem abnormal. And so you're going to be, um, your thoughts are going to be inconsistent with the world and people will label you however they choose to. And so it is being comfortable with saying, I'm going to take God at his word, whatever your for worse is, um, mm -hmm. whatever that is that you have to be okay with. Um, faith is not something that people are able to easily grasp. And so when you believe things that are spiritual, um, people have belief that is, that is flesh driven. So with my senses, yes. if I can see it, if I can yes, um, hear yes. it, touch it, whatever. Taste it. Yeah, yeah, I got faith Smell for that. Yeah. But when yeah. you have faith on for things that are that you can't see, but are rooted in God's word, um, mm -hmm. that's not so popular. And so, uh, you know, it may not be popular with your friends, your family, but you have to decide. I'm gonna take God as at His word because He said His word can be tested that his word is true and um so that combination of you know regardless of what i see god i'm going to trust you and then understanding that that may not be a popular stance for whatever your dead space is okay <laughs> so until next time there is strength in sisterhood and supporting sisterhood. Bye. Bye.